COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. Symptoms of this respiratory disease may include fever, cough, and shortness of breath. These symptoms may show up 2 to 14 days after exposure. If you are experiencing these symptoms and have come into contact or are in an area with an ongoing outbreak, please call a hotline and or consult with a physician. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov forward slash COVID-19. Thank you. The so-called COVID cold introduced by living fossil Philip J. Fry is spreading out of control. All citizens are advised to wash their hands thoroughly after beating up Philip J. Fry. Hello, world. This is Chris Abalo's Podcast Experiment, and I am Chris Abalo. Welcome to the show. Hope you enjoyed your Easter weekend, holiday weekend, whatever it is you were up to. Unfortunately for me, Easter Sunday just felt like another day during this quarantine. And frankly, even though logically I knew the date and I knew Sunday, April 12th was Easter Sunday, nothing about it felt normal. For obvious reasons. But if it was a typical year, we would have been at one of my cousin's houses. There would have been a lot of family there. Would have, like, I'm sure your celebrations would be around this time, too. And it was very strange. And it really didn't dawn on me until yesterday. Frankly, it took me a little while to remember. Oh, right. It's Easter. So I'm sorry to say for me, it just felt like another day. But on the opposite side of that, my girlfriend was up in the morning. She streamed an AM church service. She streamed another one in the evening, tuned into a live webcast for both of them, and she was listening to gospel music and worship music all day, and I got to tell you, it was catchy. She's singing along to it and kind of dancing in place while she's making our, our Easter dinner, which got me thinking, because a lot of gospel music is upbeat, it's catchy, and honestly, you know, I was nodding my head to it. It's, it's very easy to get into, because it, it gets you excited. And I think, man, how contrary to my experience of going to church. Like, if this is what church was like for her when she was going, well, no wonder she's still into it. Whereas me, it was more of a chore. It was very slow and very stiff. And it took all I had as a kid to not fall asleep in the pews on a Sunday morning. So if it had been this exciting, then, yeah, maybe I'd be down with JC. Okay, so we're going to get right into it. As you could tell from the title of the show... Veronica Rizzatello, wife of Andrew, who was just on the last episode, she tested positively for COVID-19, and she's made it to the other side of it, and we got into it just a few days ago. We had this conversation, and she's a nurse, so she's one of the most likely people to catch it. She's one of the people who's working every day and dealing with people, whether it's less severe symptoms or people who might be carrying coronavirus, and unfortunately, she got it from being at work, but she made it through. So she has a lot of insight and perspective to bring the situation. And listen, I know I'm being very repetitive on these episodes lately about this is serious. It should be taken seriously. There are other parts of the country that are being very casual about this and thinking it's alarmist and there's overreacting and all this other nonsense. 
And that's really what it is, because this is not something to fuck around with. This is killing people. We've got over 21,000 deaths in the U.S. right now. And I know I've been saying the same thing over and over again on almost every episode lately. I don't want to sound repetitive, but frankly, my hope is that someone who maybe has a more casual attitude or is living in an area where there isn't a serious outbreak and where there aren't a lot of people who are currently infected, hopefully it gives them some perspective that, listen, this, this isolation, this quarantining, this isn't for nothing. Since there are varying degrees of treatment and no vaccine, the best thing we can do to stop people from getting this and to stop people from dying is to stay away from each other so you're not getting in contact with anybody who has the virus and coming down with it yourself. We're a month into this self-quarantining in New Jersey. Four weeks ago today, I started doing the show, and that was the first day this all kind of came to a head where it's, we suggest everybody, highly suggest everybody stay in their house from 8 p.m. to 5 a.m., stores are going to be closing. Basically, any non-essential business is going to be closing. And the cases are still going up because it's out there. And not to say people aren't doing what they can, but if you're in a state where there isn't a lot going on right now, and there aren't many cases of infection, and there aren't many deaths, well, you're lucky. But it can go sideways really, really quickly. Or, unfortunately, go upward, as in the number of positive cases. So, let's get right into it with Veronica Rizzatello. Hey, Veronica. Hi, Chris. How's it going? It's going. It, it is. Well, we're, we're going to get more into how you're doing and, and what's been going on, but I frankly, I want to dive right in to piggyback on the last episode of the show when Andrew said, after not too long into this uh, self-quarantine, he buzzed his head. All the way down. And I know you're not generally a fan of the shaved head, so how are you handling that? Well, it's growing back now, thank God. But when he did it, I was so pissed off. He came out of the bathroom, and I couldn't even control my mouth. Really? Or my or my face. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? Why would you fucking do that? You idiot. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you thinking? Go back in there and make it fucking grow back. Put it back. Oh, I have no I doubt. so mad. You look like fucking Dr. Evil or some bullshit. He does. Like he... a Lex Luthor fucking fucker who's going to like tie you to a railroad track with his fucking, you know, crazy mustache he's got going on now too and everything. Well, that's it. I, I was... when He sent me a few screenshots last night from his, uh, from his, <clears throat> you know, secret handshake club meeting on Zoom. And uh, <laughs> he, he looks like Dr. Robotnik from Sonic. Like he's mm-hmm. got the mustache going and he's got the shaved head. I mean, granted, that may have been from you know, a couple of weeks ago or something, but man, I thought she's got to be pissed because I was, I told Andrew the other day when we spoke that there were, there were two things I brought up to Sherry. I said, I'm thinking maybe I should grow a beard during the self quarantine. I'll just stop shaving and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> and the other thing was, uh, I think I'll just shave my, cause the last time I got a haircut was the week before Christmas. So it's mm-hmm. been a while and it's getting shaggy. And I said, well, I'm thinking maybe I'll shave my head because I have clippers. Maybe I'll just, you know, take it down. And uh, she nixed both of those ideas. She doesn't want a beard and she doesn't want me with a shaved head. Because <laughs> she hates the pictures of me from your wedding. Oh, yeah. And I know you I weren't mean, a I fan either. A, I wasn't really a fan of you being bald at our wedding either, but whatever. It, you know. Yeah, it was fine. It, it was it, what it was. And I was like, oh, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, it, it grew back. It was fine. I, I Things were a mess at that time for me personally. So that was the, the, <laughs> the only thing I could do. Was a Britney moment? Uh, that was the only thing I could do to take control. Yeah, I was afraid of my my uh, hypothetical kids being taken away, so I shaved my head. You <laughs> to, want a little Britney Spears? Yeah, to uh, to skirt the drug testing. <laughs> but okay. uh, 
Anyway, so you're a nurse, so you're still working, and you and Andrew are in the unique position of both of you having jobs. Where, yeah, you're both essential services. It's funny because you two, as far as everybody I know, are in a unique position because it's either one person is still working and they're working from home, or both people out of work, like Sherry and myself. So the fact that two of you are still working, your schedules, I mean, Andrew did mention his, his schedules changed a little bit, but like your lives haven't been thrown completely off their axis like a lot of other people's but obviously with you being a nurse you're dealing with a lot of this up front so it's when did you start seeing people coming in with with symptoms like did you know coronavirus was on the table when people started coming in or was it something that people started coming in because they heard about it and they thought maybe they were experiencing no well in the beginning honestly my boss wasn't taking it as serious. He was playing it down, but I think he's, he was playing it down because more of like, he's very old school and he didn't want to incite a panic because obviously I work in Lakewood, New Jersey, which is the worst game of telephone ever when it comes to people getting news ah. in that town. We were all telling him like, all right, no, this is for real. Like maybe we shouldn't, you know, we need to take precautions whatever we can't we need to start screening people coming in the door on the phone everything and he's like no no business as usual okay and even i am not someone who quickly jumps on the bandwagon of panic i don't when it comes to this shit i didn't jump on the bandwagon of panic for sandy right away and i started to you know more closer to it so now okay i was surrounded with this shit so I'm like, I'm not going to jump on this shit. No, it's whatever. Wash your fucking hands. Calm the fuck down. We're, on, it's, we're not going to die. It's not the fucking plague. Right. Just knock it off. And then things got more serious. You know, you're watching all of these daily briefings from the governors and the president and all this shit. And then it starts to get a bit, little more like, oh, well, maybe we should really start paying attention. Okay. And then it became... Oh shit, they're shutting things down. Are they fucking kidding me? And the panic's getting more and more. And I'm like, all right. Some little thing in the back of my head's like, all right, well, you're a nurse. Let's be responsible and take this little thing a little bit more seriously. Okay, fine. And then here we are, full blown bullshit. So it was the week before I got sick and I was watching Governor fucking Gumface Murphy. I was listening to him say how everybody's shutting down. Not only essential, this, that, and the other thing. And then I started to panic. I'm like, oh my God, I can't be out of work. There's no fucking way. And then I'm getting text messages from people saying that as of Monday, every office of mine in the practice will be closed, except for my particular office, because mine is like the central hub. And my boss, one of the owners, will not close for shit unless it's a Jewish holiday. Like he will not close. So I was like, all right, we're fine. And then I come to work the next day, and now we have protocol. And it was changing every day. One minute, it's all, you know, nurses and receptionists and everyone must wear a mask. You must wear gloves for every interaction. You must take your temperature coming into the office. If your temperature is above 100, you have to go home. We have to take temperatures of the, of the uh, parents coming in the door. We have to screen every single phone call, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, well, shit's about to get real. Right. So, so were you were you in the moment at that point? Was the office, <clears throat> were they screening people coming in the door or were you screening people calling in to try to get them to not 
Hurry in as both much? ways because people will just come to our office for like walk-in things, right. like a clinic. But obviously, we're screening through our questions desk. We're screening through the appointment desk. And the funny thing is, people are not going to tell you the truth. So therefore, we have to screen multiple ways. Like you screen them on the phone to see if they're able to come in. Can you come in? Do you have exposure? Blah, blah, blah. No. Okay. But then they come to the office and we have a nurse in the lobby who screens them again, walking in the door, taking their temp. And then they'll give you another story. Well, my husband was sick, but we don't really know if it was COVID. We just assumed I wasn't feeling good, but I was, you know, I've been coughing. Well, why did the fuck you say that on the phone, asshole? Now everything's fucked up. Now go. Now you got to stay outside. Yeah, now, now you're putting everybody at risk. Outside to see you. And then the doctors flip it out because now that we don't have like the full on gear that you're supposed to have, like you see on the news, like the right. Tyvek suits. My office is a doctor's office. All we have is the masks on our face and gloves. Right. You're not equipped you know anything I mean? like a hospital. No, we don't have all that shit. And like, that's why we have to be really stringent on who's allowed to come in the office. So then it turned into basically having one doctor when we usually have six or seven working at any given time of the day. Yikes. And a shit ton of nurses. And then it dropped to like a handful of nurses because either people were afraid to come in or their family member said, give them such shit that, all right, I'm going to listen to my husband. I'm not going to come in. Let me be smart about this. Okay, fine. That's your decision. No big deal. And then one by one, whatever doctor was actually coming in, we're now dropping and getting sick immediately. And then receptionists started getting sick. And it was like turning into a real skeleton crew. We're like literally the same handful of people, including myself, were coming in every day. It was nuts. So at what point did you, like around what date or how many weeks ago, were you starting to feel symptoms thinking, uh-oh, I think it finally <laughs> made weeks. it to me? Two weeks ago, it was two Fridays ago, I was at work, and at this point, we were doing mostly all of our appointments were either teledoc or, again, the one doctor that we had working, and we had to screen very stringently to see who could actually come in, because you can't diagnose a little kid's ear infection over the phone, you can't diagnose strep over the phone, you can't, there's a lot of things you can't do over the phone or video, so obviously, we had to be open for those kids, so... I just didn't feel right. And I was like, I felt really drained and just tired. And anytime I get sick, I get, that's the first thing. But then all of a sudden my body just started hurting. It felt like someone was literally like poking me very aggressively all over my body. Like think of like, cause right now, you know, there's nothing to do. So I've been binging the Sopranos cause <laughs> I never saw it. Yeah. I'm about to do that too. So I'm on, I'm on, you know, mid, mid, uh, series right now. So p think of Tony Soprano coming up to you and he's like, Hey, hey, and he's got his index finger and he's just poking you in your shoulder and mm -hmm. he's pushing you towards, like that was all over my body. And I'm like, Oh my God, what <sighs> the fuck is this? So I kept like, I was scared. I didn't want to be out of work. I didn't want to like have this. So I kept hiding and like going off in my office to different areas of the office where nobody was. And I would grab a thermometer. I kept taking my temperature and I'm like, all right, it's not a fever. I don't have a fever yet, but I don't feel right. All right, just don't tell anybody. I need to finish up the fuck up and finish your day. And it was Friday by this point, and I was like, eh, I'll have the weekend. I'll be fine by Monday. Because, uh, you know, obviously you know me, Chris. I'm really fucking stubborn. Both of you. It would take, uh, you, you'd literally have to have your legs cut off to not make it into work. The two of you are very <laughs> much 
dedicated to. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I'm going in. <laughs> Unless I physically can't get there, I'm going in. Yeah, because in my mind, you don't go to work, you don't get paid. Yeah. You know, so I need to get paid. I got bills to pay. They don't give a fuck about my being sick. So. Right. Yeah. And we've all been through that where it's no matter how I feel, I got to go in because I need the money, which is that's where everybody yeah. is right now or has been prior to everything being shut down, which is kind of the moral dilemma people were stuck in. Like, well, do I go in if I'm not feeling well or do I not? Or, you know, and even people still yeah. working right now thinking, well, exactly. Is it allergies? Are they symptoms? I mean, both Sherry and I have been fighting allergies because now for the last month, the season's slowly been starting. So we wake up Every a little, day, yeah. You're like, is that you, Rona? Is that you, Rona? <laughs> <laughs> we wake up a little sniffly, and then we, you know, we each pop a Zyrtec, and then we're fine. But there is that moment when you wake up when you're not quite completely conscious, where you think, uh oh, something feels wrong. What's going on in my it's nose? Rona. What's yeah? What's tickling my throat? But it's allergies, thankfully <laughs> for us, or as your husband calls them, allergies. So. <laughs> So no, I get um, that. I get that paranoia and thinking like, well, it can't be this. It's probably something else. You probably had a a, a touch of that, thinking like, mm. I mean, maybe not because you, you're also seeing people every day. So maybe instantly yeah. your mind just went, uh oh, this well, is honestly, trouble. I thought I had strep because the day before I took a, I took a throat culture because I walked into work and I was like, my throat hurts. So I was like, somebody take my take my my uh, culture because I had strep for like three times in a row within a month. Before Christmas, it was retarded. So I was like, "Ugh, it's just that again. Here we go again. Negative. I was like, oh, fuck my life. So then I kept taking my temperature and then here we go. Here, here it is. By that point, I asked someone to take my temperature instead of like me doing it. Because, mm. you know, you don't want if you're really sick, you don't want people to be like, why the fuck are you leaving? Right. You fucking lying. <laughs> you don't so, want other people to make you feel guilty about it. Stop being a bitch. Like, you know, because I'll get that at work. So I took, I had somebody take me, she's like, oh my God, you have a fear. I said, fuck me. And instantly 14 people get out, get the fuck out. You mm. got to go home. So I didn't say anything to my boss. He wasn't there. So I had texted someone the next day or two days later and I wasn't at work. Obviously it was the weekend. So she went and asked him, I said, can you please ask him if, I should go get a test because these are my symptoms. I was like, I was getting worse and I had a higher fever and body aches and headache, terrible, and um, chest pain. Like the chest pain was the worst part. And I get a text back saying, well, you're out of work now. You can't come to work for seven days. Try to get a test if you can, blah, blah, blah. But you can't set foot in this building for seven days. I'm like, fuck me. Mm. I'm like, all right, great. Well, wonderful. So then even better bullshit starts to happen because i called a pa that i know personally who doesn't work for us anymore he works for an urgent care in lakewood and i was like all right i know a couple people that went there and i know you have the tests because we're not testing for it so i texted him personally and i was like listen i would like to get a test can i come by blah 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 these are my symptoms he goes why do you need a test what makes you think you have it what's your symptoms and he's grilling me through the thing and i'm like listen fucker I know you're short on tests, but if I'm legitimately sick, I need to know. Why do you need to know? Do you need to know for your work? Is it so you can come back to work? Is it? I was like, no. First off, it's because of my husband. He needs to know because he's going to be quarantined too. If this is legit, and your I child, need to know I mean... for several reasons, my kid, everything. So he's like, was telling him my symptoms. He goes, oh, you have it. There's nothing to do. The test isn't going to. It's not going to cure you. It's not going to make you better. Treat the symptoms and call it a day. I'm like, okay, fine. 
Yeah, Andrew mentioned and loading like, up on vitamin C and and doing everything yeah. you could to kind of keep your immunity going because. Yeah, the, I was like, well, fuck him. I'm not going to go there now because you pissed me off. So then I took it upon myself and I went to a different urgent care closer to me. who wasn't the same clientele that I'm used to in Lakewood. So I was more anonymous than anything. And then I get there and you can't walk in the building. They're screening you out in your car before the over the phone. And then they're like, we're going to come out and get you. We can only have one patient in the building at, at a time. And um, the patient's in here now. I said, fine. Then they come out full on what you see on the news. I was like, this is an urgent care. I was like, wow, okay. Well, her head to toe covered us. And well, shit, I felt like this was literally contagion. I'm like, I'm like, I'm living in a movie. She throws a mask at me, rushes me to the back. And then uh, I get the most fucking Russian doctor I've ever seen in my life. And let me tell you, do you know how hard it is to have instructions from a doctor being rattled at you a million miles an hour with a really thick Russian accent and she's wearing a face mask and you can't read her lips? I got a facial once from a Russian, whatever, what cosmetologist or whatever they are considered. And uh, yeah. yeah, that was, th- there was, there was definitely a communication block there. So I can't imagine having a doctor try to communicate important medical information to me while I having mean, the same, having I the same like experience. I being interrogated by the KGB. Like, no way. <laughs> Why are you lecturing me? This Bond villain is coming after me. Just lecturing me. She's about- like, take off your mask. Open your mouth. Put your mask back, mask back on. I'm like, oh my God. Okay. Mask on. I was like, oh shit. Okay, fine. So... Whatever, I got tested. Lo and behold, later I had it. Great, that's wonderful. No shock. And she told me, she's like, load up on vitamin C for the first three days. Now you're going to do 3,000 milligrams and then 1,000 after that. Mm. Tylenol and rest and blah, blah, blah. And you're either going to get better or you're going to be in the ICU. I'm like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I said, well, damn, all right, we did not sugarcoat shit. Yeah, those are the two extremes in, in with the direction your condition's going to go. I was like, thank you so much. I think I'm going to leave before some really big Russian dudes come out and fucking take me out of here. Yeah, you're going to get deported. <laughs> now, that might have been the next step, but instead they sent you home and said load up on vitamin C. So when you got home, was there? did you isolate yourself within, because you guys are in an apartment, did you isolate yourself within there to try to... No minimize it with the two of them no there's nothing i could do because my child is so far up my ass that if i farted her brains were going to get blown out on the fucking wall (laughs) so there's nothing nowhere i can go there's nothing i could do i said if we're going down the ship is going down together like the titanic i there's nothing i could do and you feel terrible when your kid comes over to you and she's like hug I love you oh. and giving me kisses and holding my face. And I'm like, mommy's sick. Go the fuck away. <laughs> like, <laughs> all she wants to do is snuggle and I don't want to be touched. And ugh, yeah, you're in enough whatever. pain already. You don't need her squeezing on you and aggravating it. I felt so bad. But honestly, like really, if I had Tylenol in me, I was fine. But the only thing that would linger would be the chest pain. And it felt like... It was like right under my breastbone and I wanted to just reach in my chest and just like hold it from the inside because it hurt so bad. Was it like a stabbing pain or like a tension, like a tightness pain? I couldn't take a deep breath like at all. If I took a deep breath, if I breathed shallow, 
and just stayed as calm as possible, it was okay. It hurt, but it was okay. The minute I took a slightly deeper breath, I thought I was going to die. It was just like, it was like in the between of being sharp and like moderate, I guess. And then you go into a coughing fit. It was a mess. And by Thursday, because this was Friday, it all started. So by the following Thursday, I actually started to feel good. My fever broke. I was fine by then. So I thought. So I was like, fuck this. I want some air. So I was like, let me try to, because I'm, again, very stubborn. I was like, I'm going to do some laundry. I need to just do some normal shit. I can't do this. I can't sit here and watch one more fucking World War II documentary or something like, you know, anything like that. So I went downstairs and did one load of laundry. By the time I brought it back upstairs, you know my apartment to where the laundry room is. It's not far. Right. And I didn't have a lot of laundry. It wasn't a lot. So it really wasn't heavy. By the time I got it back to my apartment, I was out of breath. I couldn't breathe for like 10 to 15 minutes. I slammed it down. I'm like what you would call tripoding, which is like when you are sitting down, but you're leaning forward and both, both your hands are next to you leaning forward. It's called a tripod position to help you open up and breathe. And Andrew's like, try to calm down. I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm like, just give me a minute. Don't help me. It was scary. I was like, okay, is this where the fuck I die? Like, is this, is mm. this the moment? And this is after one week, it, right? It was just about a week. Okay. And it took me to like this past weekend to honestly be able to like even take a deep breath in. Okay. So it was a good two weeks. Like, yeah. About a week and a half. Yikes. Thank God. Cause it could be so much worse, obviously, but yeah, well, that's what's been getting on getting to me because I've been saying on, you know, over the last month that I've started doing the show again that I don't know that what I had, and I've described it a couple times already, but that what I had was COVID-19, you know, a mild case of it. I mean, I described it to you before we got started. It could have been, I don't know. And at this point, I'm still trying to minimize any activity. Obviously, I'm, we're going out for groceries once a week and trying to keep to ourselves. Uh, you're actually the third person in our world who has had dealings with it. Right now, there's just one um, potential positive we have and then uh, another who is exposed so you're the first one you're the first person i know who officially had it so to speak Mm -hmm. i realize that's not a distinction you really want but you can actually speak from experience but the thing that's driving me nuts and you having had it and you being a nurse i've been screaming about this in private and talking in a measured way about it on on mic but i am honestly getting frustrated when i'm seeing particularly people in other states Seeing a lot of people commenting from California where it's not as bad. They have they, their deaths are just over 500 and they're about 20,000 cases. Now, granted, we're over 50,000 cases here. We're over a thousand deaths. That we know exactly. Of. Right. Well, that's exactly it. We don't know ex- where we are because the testing still isn't as, as, uh, available as it needs to be. But I mean, the death toll is approaching 2000. The, the positives are, you know, the cases we know of are about 55,000. But in other parts of the country that aren't as affected, they're being very casual about it. And frankly, just as a as a layperson, I'm finding it frustrating that people are just saying, oh, what are we doing all this for? People are getting better. People are getting over it. But it, it's not something to fuck around with. It's not about them. See, that's their, that's their fucking problem. Right. Everybody thinks, oh, if you get it, it's not so bad. It's like a cold. 
you're lucky if you get it and it's not so bad. And you're stupid if you think that like, oh, it doesn't matter. I could get it. Whatever. It'll be fine. Okay. But you could pass it on to somebody's grandmother, somebody's mother or sister who has a heart condition and it will kill them. You know, like stuff like that. I haven't seen my mom in three weeks now. I have not physically seen her because I won't go over there because I work in Lakewood, which is an epicenter right now of like positives and shit like that. Mind you, yes, we don't see the patient load that we normally do, but I'm still exposed to my coworkers. People are still, patients are still coming in that are lying and saying that, oh, it was two weeks when it was really only nine days ago. So technically, yes, you are still contagious, you fuck, and you're here. Thank you for exposing everyone again. You know what I mean? They don't know if you're immune after you have it or not. They're leaning towards you may not get it again. Right. That's why now the government's talking about doing this mass antibody testing. You know, so I that heard about we can that. Open up the, the fucking economy again. Yeah, I heard about that today because the whole point is if people have had it and they can't catch it again, those are the people they want to have get back to work because yeah, they can you know just for the sake of slowly integrating us back into normal life whatever normal yeah. it was and is going to be from here on out which makes sense that's something i know they want to have happen in the next couple of weeks which is fine because yeah. if people start going back to work let's say in may slowly then that's going to have a positive impact but the whole idea people do, i mean everyone's saying flatten flattening the curve and how important it is to flatten the curve but it, it doesn't take much for this to exponentially Spike. spread and and that's what i feel like other parts of the country aren't getting yeah we have it we're the second worst state in the union when it comes to dealing with this no doubt because of our proximity to new york and the amount of people who commute in and out it, it was inevitable we were going to be you know the the number two in oh, terms yeah. of uh, highest cases but i mean just since the first of april you know it, it was only twenty two thousand, so it's more than double well, it and deaths that were were 300 i'm i'm looking at right now the according to new jersey department of health on uh, April 1st was 355 deaths. And here we are mm -hmm. looking at about 2,000. I mean, that's huge for 10... I mean, we're, we're recording this a couple days before it goes up, but in 10 days, it's grown that exponentially? I feel like that's what other states don't get. If you're looking at how quickly it spreads and how much it is affecting people, and while the mortality rate is, is smaller, considering the amount of infected, it's still pretty fucking high. 2,000 people in one state's a lot. It's bad enough. New York and now New Jersey have mobile morgues where we yes. have tractor trailers, refrigerated trailers with bodies in them. And now they're making a potter's field basically for unclaimed bodies. Right. Which is horrible. Which is like, really get your head out of your fucking ass. Like last night I was walking my dog and oblivious. I was just on Facebook walking around and I hear a bunch of people talking. I just look up and all of a sudden they go shh, 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 to be quiet Literally right in front of me in the building, there's like 10, 15 people on somebody's porch. And I'm like, you motherfuckers. I'm like, mm. really? So I hated to be that person, but I did call the cops because I'm like, you're the fucking reason why we can't go back to normal because you're not fucking listening. Yeah. The well, fact that, that people can't get their people have their their heads up their asses in the best of times. So right now, mm -hmm. it's just that much worse, I feel, that they're not getting it. So it's weird to look at other states and say, you know, particularly states that are saying, like, oh, everything's going to be shut down, but we're still going to have church services on Sunday. Okay, so basically, <laughs> everyone's going to get infected anyway, because you're still going to yeah. gather people in large groups one day a week where it's going to spread faster, because they're probably going to be in a room with more people 
that one day than they might encounter collectively the other six days of the week. So yep. awesome. It's really weird. I really don't think people get it. So that's why here asking you and hearing from you, especially having gone through it, you sure as hell wouldn't wish this on anybody. As, as, no. And, and your case was fairly mock compared to you know, obviously going to the ICU or anything like that. But yours was tough, even though you made it through. And you sure as hell don't want anybody else to get this. No. And honestly, like as scary as it is, and I've talked to Andrew about it, and part of me just being a nurse, I'm like, okay, I have it easy because I'm working in a doctor's office. But at the same time, I am working in a unique doctor's office that doesn't run like most places at all. And um, mind you, I'm not a bedside nurse in the hospital, but part of me, even though it's like going into a war, I would love to quit my job today and go get a job at Jersey Shore and go right into it. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I don't have the skill set up to par to walk into that, even though the the hospitals are begging for even retired nurses to come in. People that are going to graduate, they're like, fuck it, we're going to let you graduate ahead of time. Even if you didn't pass the boards yet, come to work. We're going to throw you right into the lion's den. Yeah, people are supposed you to know? graduate next month from medical school. They're trying to get them to start work right away. Yeah. Like, you were going to graduate, like, you're going to be a doctor, go. <laughs> it's not exactly the best thing to do, but okay. Like, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm sure they didn't expect this when they enrolled in medical school 100 years ago. No, talk about courage under fire for real. Yeah. No, really. Well, that's it. And, and seeing it up close and just dealing with people, if if it is possible to take out of the equation, the fact that you had to deal with it, just what everybody's going through. That's I don't and I, I hate to sound like a broken record, but th- that's what I don't understand. And I really don't think other parts of the country get it. This is bad. This isn't going to mm-hmm. go away. The whole idea is to stop spreading it. There is no well, vaccine. Pers- there is no cure right now. So somebody actually called into our office the day before yesterday. And went on an absolute tirade because, mind you, she called in when we had no doctors that day. This was Wednesday. It was only teledoc appointments we were making. No one to come into the office unless one of those teledoc appointments were deemed. They have to come in and see a nurse. We have to test you for something, whatever. Yeah, that's what everybody's doing. So, okay. So, this woman calls in and goes off. And mind you, again, I work with the Jewish community in Lakewood, the Orthodox. So Passover was starting that night. And she lost her mind calling the main doctor an idiot about why would he be so stupid as to impose all these crazy restrictions. My child has just got married and now she has to make her first Passover. And she's been crying to me for three weeks and this and the other thing. And this is stupid. And she was livid we literally put her on speaker and we're just like listen to her go crazy and (laughs) one of the nurses was talking to her going ma'am we're making these restrictions and the government is doing this because this is a matter of life and death you can kill people people will die from this people are dying from this it just insane she wasn't listening she wasn't getting it right it's not about her and she thinks it is literally I couldn't, like, I felt like a cartoon character that, like, you know, when something shocking happens and your jaw just hits the floor. (laughs) Like, that's what I felt like we all looked like at that moment when she was just going off. I'm like, is this bitch for real? For real? People are lying in mobile morgues and you're worried about Passover? Yeah. People's bodies are in the back of tractor trailers, like you said. This is my first Easter of my life that I've never, I'm not going to, like, even see my mom. 
be with my family. It kills me. It is what it is, though. You know what I mean? We'll make up for it. My daughter, her birthday is this month. Yeah. I was planning a party. I wanted to go to a bounce house. And I was planning on putting a down payment and booking it for, like, the first weekend in May. And now, you know, okay, we're going to obviously get a little cake and do a little thing. And let her jump on the bed for four hours. Yeah, but still, like, no, now I'll have to, like, like everybody else on the planet, we're going to push it off and maybe I'll do it in July. You know what I mean? Do a but half still, birthday in the fall. Her and I will double up for October. It'll be my birthday and her half birthday. <laughs> and, and Andrew. If we're back to normal. Yeah, and Andrew, that's you, right. <laughs> all three of you fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> if, we're, if we're closer to back to normal by then, which is so far the, the enthusiastic projection, September-ish, you know, after mm-hmm. summer, um, which is another concern. Andrew actually echoed my sentiments that, and all the more reason I kind of want to keep repeating this essentially, even though I'm pretty sure anybody who's listening to you and I is probably in agreement. Not too many. Nobody's interested in hearing a contrary opinion in, in 2020, but mm. the fear that I have is that once the weather warms up, once it becomes oh, June yeah. and people have been home for three months, they're going to want to resume activity quarantine be dead. They're not going to care. Yeah, people are going to want to go to the boardwalk and the beach and do all that other normal stuff. So that's honestly what I'm concerned about. That's why I really, really hope huge strides are taken during this month and through May to see if we can figure out what course of action to take because I really feel like people around here are just going to say fuck it and go out anyway. Oh, because it's summer. People yeah. aren't going to care anymore. Yeah, and then, then we'll get another surge of it and then where will we be? Then it'll take even longer for things to bounce back. So, and you know what sucks? Just to like get on a pedestal for a second. Go for it. As a parent who has a special needs child, mind you, she's not severe at all. You know my daughter. No, she's, she's not, not your typical picture of an autistic child. But like my child receives speech. She receives um, OT. She re- she receives feeding therapy and um, just preschool in general. And this was like her second year of preschool, and she's supposed to be starting kindergarten in the fall. And that's my biggest hang-up of all of this. If they just opened the schools up again first and fuck everything else, I'd be ecstatic. Because I feel like my child is... She's not losing anything. She's not, like, regressing. But I feel like now she's just at a stalemate. And that kills me. Right. Because, like, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a teacher. And they're expecting us to do all this stuff. And my kid can't do Zoom. Because she's too abstract for her. I tried with like her speech and her OT and people and the school. And she literally gets so pissed off and frustrated about it because she doesn't understand right. what's happening. Why is that person that I really know and like, I don't get what's happening. She's frustrated. She's throwing things and screaming. She doesn't get it. So it's like for someone like me, it's so much harder, you know, and I'm trying to talk to her, her therapist on the phone and they're just sending me emails and little tricks to do and little things to work on. And I'm doing them. But again, I'm not a teacher. I don't know exactly what I'm doing. And I do have to work in between. Now, she does go to my mother-in-law during the week while we're working. And she will do some sit-down schoolwork, like writing her name and whatever else activities that they did leave us with when school closed. But I can't get her to do that shit with me because when she's home, you know, I don't do this with mommy. It's we home- have fun, mom. Right. Mommy, and this is not time for this. I'm home. Leave me the fuck alone. And I don't blame her. And who and who better to put her to work than Andrew's mother? <laughs> yeah, hello. Yeah, she knows how to how to keep a child in line. But like I follow all these other 
Facebook pages of like other parents that in New Jersey have that, you know, autism parents and moms and shit like that. And thankfully to make me feel better, they're all going through the same shit. Meaning like it's hard on them too. So it's, it's nice to know you're not alone, but that sucks. It really sucks. Like, I don't want her to like, I feel like she could be gaining so much more strides and shit like that. And then this fucking shit happens. And now you're stuck in limbo wondering, okay, like I just told, I just emailed her, her regular teacher today. And I was like, listen, I'm hoping, praying that you guys are open by, you know, extended year program, which is technically their summer camp, you know, that she qualifies for and she can go. Right. Because at least then she'll get a half day of school, you know, four days a week. Yeah, the whole idea is to to help her to progress. It's not that she's losing anything right now, but her progression is is stalled. Instead of sitting in a fucking just limbo. Of course. You know, it's so frustrating. Well, that's where Sherry is, too, especially working in education and working with children with special needs would love to be working and would love to be able to do these, you know, like online work, Mm -hmm. like you said. But unfortunately, it's not. Children, I mean, aside from the fact that there's a lot of uh, hoops to jump through and not everything is, you know, getting getting paid for it is a whole other thing, like actually working it in a in a uh, sanctioned way, you know, sanctioned by whatever uh, school system. But also there there are a lot of kids who aren't getting it and who can't learn interactively. They need to Mm -hmm. have first person assistance. They need that one on one with somebody. So. She's dying to get to work. I mean, she would love to be able to go to work and to be I able know. to do something, whether it was, you know, with any school kids, because she knows parents aren't equipped. And if they're at home with parents who are working from home or who aren't working at all, they're they're stuck. All these kids are in. Anybody's in school. Could you imagine if it was imagine if it was 20 years ago and it was our senior year? I mean, I, frankly, I phoned it in senior year anyway. But and sorry for bringing up the fact that we graduated twenty years ago. That's been that's been lingering in my head for a while. Oh, but <laughs> you so and I gross. are the <laughs> you and I are the oldest among our our uh, circle. So Fucking that's why. A. Yeah, I know. I can't believe it. But I mean, okay, granted, senior year, I would have just fucked <laughs> it off and said, "Ah, whatever. I, I know what I'm doing next year, so who cares?" But mm-hmm. at, at any age, I feel like it would be difficult. But for the for younger kids. Who knows? I really, I I, I, my heart goes out to people who who have to handle these kids at home. I mean, and, and I'm speaking about their parents, of course, and not that it's a bad thing to have to interact with your family, but when it's no, all I you're mean, doing I'm, day in and day out, it's got to be a little frustrating after three weeks, let's say. When I was sick last week and out all week, well, let me tell you something. I love my child. I love my husband. I would die for my child. I'd do anything, but I could not be a stay-at-home mother. I can't do it. Like, I was yeah, like, everybody's like, getting a rude to, awakening. I need about to go that. to work. I can't do this. It is. It's. It's a hard job. I mean, everybody's been joking about it. That like for for years about stay-at-home moms, and it's easier than working and all this other stuff. But now that everybody's doing it, they're realizing, oh, this is really hard. And also appreciating teachers more, which. Of course, you know, oh, Sherry's saying yeah. hallelujah because mm. <laughs> there's always like, you know, teachers are underpaid and not, you know, treated as maybe as fairly as they should when it comes to their pay and their their benefits and even how parents treat them. So now hopefully this is one of the ways as a culture we come out of mm-hmm. this renewed and, and things change for the better. But let's turn things around a little bit and you could be the next victim in our quarantine oh, questionnaire. God. 
Oh, Lord. Here we go. Yeah, it's a bunch of questions, <laughs> random, and uh, again, we're just having fun with this. So mm-hmm. we'll start it off with a softball. If you could go have one meal in one restaurant, where would it be and what would the meal be? Oh, I would go to Carrabba's and I would have chicken parm because that's the best shit ever. Taking weight gain and other health risks out of the equation, what five foods would you like to live on while being self-quarantined? Well, I would love to get some fucking Chinese, but these bastards are closed around here. (laughs) They're closed up by us, too, actually. And I wonder if they're fucking closed because they're scared. Like, really? Really? Or maybe people stopped stopped going. I mean, to be honest, there was that whole thing. You know, people stopped buying Corona brand beer. People stopped ordering Chinese food. Well, people are stupid. That's the problem. Yeah, I know. (laughs) There's a lot of idiots out there. Five foods, and that's it? Yeah, if you could just gorge on five things while being stuck at home, what would you choose? All right, Chipotle, Doughboys, Pizzeria down the street, Chips Ahoy cookies, Chinese if I can fucking get it, which I can't, and, oh, just fucking endless coffee from Rook. Okay, what celebrities would you like to be quarantined with? You could pick one male and one female, and we oh, can take out of the... Oh, trouble. <laughs> well, let's take out of the equation that you're a married woman, and feel free to answer... Oh, uh- Listen, I already told Andrew the other day because I surprised him. He thought that I was into Chris Hemsworth. I said, no, 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 no. If I had a day pass and you didn't care, I want Tom Hiddleston. Okay. Mm. I need me some low key, but that's not who I want to get um, quarantined with. I want to get quarantined with Henry Cavill, but he has to talk to me like he's the witcher. <laughs> okay. He has to have that whole thing. He could break it every once in a while and just be British. That's fine. But we still got to do Witcher stuff. But he needs to talk like his character in The Witcher. Oh, fuck yeah. Got it. What female would you use? Would you take? Um, a chick? Oh, fuck. You, you need to gossip with somebody about the uh, the affair you're having with Henry Cavill. Come on. I know. Damn it. Um, you watch 80 Housewives shows. You don't have somebody right offhand who you're like, you know who I want to be quarantined with? You know who I want to bullshit around with? Oh, here we go. Okay. Lisa Vanderpump. Lisa Vanderpump. I love her. If you could be a man for a day, what would you do? I would solve the problem of ball scratching. But men have solved that already. It's the pinch and roll. Listen, I don't have balls. I'm saying I would try to like figure out you some want, kind of like you just want to experience it for yourself device or something that we could end this bullshit because it's so annoying to be talking to someone and then they're randomly just scratching their nuts like they don't even notice that you're like you're right there. Well, we just don't care. I, I think we notice. Ball itching is is a common occurrence. It just happens. What can you say? Especially now that it's getting warm. That's true. And, I or, also want to experience what it's like to just piss on a tree. <laughs> to just be able to whip it out and piss on a tree like it's a fire hose. See that? But then a- my stupid my stupid ass will be sitting there, like literally waving my hips, just making it flop. Because I'd be like, "Look at it! Look, you, I got one!" You'd be like, doing the helicopter. I would. <laughs> Just because I'm very immature. If exposure to the virus weren't a factor, what place would you like to have visited before the pandemic? It could be a city, a country, a theme park, an event, whatever. I would like to take my kid to Disneyland, Disney World, and Universal. Lots of artists are doing living room concerts and streaming them. What artist or band would you like to see perform a stripped-down acoustic set? Luke Bryan. If you ever released a perfume, what would you call it and what would it smell like? It would smell like a gardenia, kind of like light floral fragrance, a very like airy kind of like 
refreshing. Okay. And I would call it, I'm that bitch. What do you put on first, pants or socks? Pants. Gerard Butler, Bradley Cooper, Henry Cavill. Who is the biggest penis? Oh, fuck. (laughs) Henry Cavill, duh. No discussion. If you transitioned to a male, what would you change your name to? George. All right, Veronica, congratulations. You have completed the quarantine questionnaire. Don't you feel better? Aww. It's, it's, There's no little party music. That all gets added in post. Sorry. <laughs> you actually have to listen to the episode to hear the fanfare. Ah, okay. All right, so we're done here. Is there any, any final thoughts, any words of wisdom or uh, health suggestions you'd like to give to the audience? Yeah, wash your hands. Fucking cough into your goddamn elbow. Don't be an asshole and actually listen to the fucking guidance of the people that be. In other words, stay the fuck home and stop being a fucking self-righteous prick. It's not about you. It's about humanity. And hurry the fuck up because I want my life back. And in addition to that, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Chris Abalo and at Chris Sells Out on Instagram. You can follow the show at Cape Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And please subscribe to the show. Give the show five stars and subscribe if you haven't, if you like what we're doing. And tell a friend. And of course, back on Friday. So until then, for COVID-19 survivor Veronica Rizzatello, this is Chris Abalo, and this was yet another experiment. Lucky I'm safely locked up here with you guys. There he is! Get him! Ow! 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 What are you... The situation is expected to deteriorate as newscasters whip the city into a panic.